Hello, everyone, and happy holidays. You are listening to 91.9 FM, WDRT in Viroqua, Wisconsin. This is the Heart of Wellness Show with host doctors Paul and Paula Grenier. And might I say today, we have the most sparkling lights joining us in the studio and far beyond to have a conversation today. We are so excited with the three people we're talking to today. I can hardly stand it. It is Christmas Eve. Why wouldn't we gather nothing but light in these beautiful beans mm-hmm. as they shine their intense heart with the world? It just wants me to sing out in joy and celebration with, with, with what we're about to do for an hour here. So welcome everyone listening today. Um, our special guests today are Kathleen Abel, Diane Banner, and Elizabeth Farrell. And these fine women are all... Ministers. Uh, ministers and... Of the light. And interested in spiritual evolution and sharing the light with the world. And so we just felt like today would be a wonderful day to talk about the power of the season. I mean, everybody is on their best behavior because uh, the dude's going to come and bring all the guests. <laughs> so why not bring in these light, light, delightful... Uh, light sharing beans to share with us the power, the necessity, and the nutrient of the spiritual health, that uh, spiritual wellness that we all need yeah. in order to really truly be our, our real selves. Now, before we start our conversation, I always like our guests to just give a, when I say brief intro, I know you have a whole lifetime of things, but just a real quick, like, who are you and um, how can I say that? Diane, let's have you start with just a brief like who you are and uh, I don't know what, why I would choose you as a sparkling light today. What, what, what type of background would you want me to share? What would you share with us today before we get talking about the, con- the conversation? Okay. Um, well, I grew up in a family that celebrated, uh, they were Jewish and Christian. Mm-hmm. My father was Jewish, my mother was Christian. And so from the time I was quite young, I was uh, interested in um, spirituality, religion, and then um, wisdom traditions of the world, and always interested in, uh, curious about the golden thread that ran mm-hmm. through uh, all the different traditions. What, what was the, what did they have in common? And what was the essence? And so um, I think that's been a lifelong uh, interest of mine since I was a girl, and here I am. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And Diane is a uh, interfaith minister ordained with the One Spirit Interfaith Seminary. So that's kind of how I got to know you later in life. That you are now helping lead our One Spirit group here in town. So thank you for uh, honoring the golden thread, Kathleen. What about you? Well, I got interested in spirituality very young because I was in a church that had beautiful stained glass windows, mm. and there was Jesus with this beautiful blue uh, color that was just uh, 
otherworldly, and it was holding a lamb, and I had a baby blanket that had a lamb, <laughs> and so I felt a connection, and I love that he would say, because I didn't hear it from a lot of adults, he would say, bring the children unto me and forbid them not. Mm. So I felt like I had a place in his heart. Right, what a start to the path. And Elizabeth? Oh, that was wonderful to hear from Diane and Kathleen. I was raised in the Catholic tradition, the Irish Catholic variety, and I was singing in church choirs uh, from third grade on, and then started a guitar group with my sister in our teen years. That was revolutionary for the Catholic Church at that time. Yes. Um, but the music of that tradition and of this season was emblazoned in my heart and has been very much a part of my life since. I uh, followed my own winding spiritual path through my teens and 20s and 30s and 40s, and in my 50s I also found the One Spirit Interfaith Seminary where I found I could make my contribution from the center of the circle of the wheel of the world's spiritual traditions. Mm. Um, so I am so grateful to be able to offer different ceremonies and different counseling and coaching from that center where love is love is love. And also, I would just say that I participate today as a citizen of the cosmos. <laughs> that, that is my orientation, and I am very aware of the cosmic um, nature of this season, of the opportunities to connect not only worldwide, globally on our beautiful planet, but in our solar system, at the time of the solstices, both in the Northern Hemisphere and the Southern Hemisphere, and then much further afield into the Milky Way and the countless number of galaxies in our remarkable universe. Mm-hmm. Boy, that lit up uh, Kathleen's eyes there when you mm -hmm. mentioned the cosmos. You know, she's one of a spiritual evolutionist. It's kind of a, we were trying to come up with a term for her, and she said, I'm interested in spiritual evolution. And uh, the cosmos is a part of that, isn't it, Kathleen? Yes, and this time of year, um, the energies support that. And if we can mention the Christmas story, uh, the way that I love to look at it, if you, sometimes we've heard the song so many times and the story so many times that we, we don't even notice that there's actually two Christmas stories. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the Gospels, you'll see the difference. But one of the authors focuses on the human baby that's born in a manger, the human connection. And then the other writers, they focus on something out in the cosmos. They mention a star in the east and shepherds who are stop their human work to, to be in awe of this star and the magi, the wise men that come with the star. And so it's a beautiful reminder that we are not just uh, uh, physical being, but we also are this amazing, royal, cosmic, uh, infinite being of love and light. Ooh. And the, you mentioned the, the, the golden 
did somebody, I don't know if they mentioned the golden thread. Diane mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, but the golden rules, one of my favorite posters I have on my wall is the 12 uh, um, main religions in the world. And every, every one of them have a golden rule to say the same thing. Love mm -hmm. thy neighbor as thyself. Mm -hmm. I mean, in many different ways. But if, you, if you're going to do this for yourself, do it for your neighbor, do it for your friend, do it, you know, just mm -hmm. that we're all one. Mm -hmm. And I, I just love it. And it is, in, it is in the form of a circle. So mm -hmm. that centerpiece, as you, as you mentioned, Elizabeth, is that that, that is where I want to come from. That's where mm -hmm. I want to see the Christmas is just one of the celebrations of the the time of darkness, mm. the uh, um, the solstice time. There's every every um, human species in the past, and and and, and um, uh, tribes have have honored this time always, and and the religions have have uh, I don't want to say jumped on, but have joined us, in or joined joined those beginning tribes. That uh, that are welcoming back the light in, in the world that happens every year, and it's a it's a beautiful thing and a necessary thing, a big part of our uh, a wellness to uh, to celebrate the light within and the light without. I'd like to say something because um, Kathleen spoke about the. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'd like to say something about um, the stars. Um, Kathleen mentioned the star in the east, and the last couple of nights, um, actually, it's been early in the morning, I have been awake, and I went outside and looked up. It's been very clear here, and I've really appreciated that opportunity to connect with the stars, with the, um, the vastness of the cosmos, of something... Um, mysterious and and awesome and so um, I think one of the things about this time of year is the dark and those there are those stars sparkling in the dark mm. and um, so I think it's valuable and important to take time for awe I know that's been a real key thing for me in my in my life looking out for more opportunities to invite awe, especially because we live in the winter. Most most of us live inside walls with a roof, and we may barely even go outside. And so taking the opportunity to do that just feels like it's really important right now to um, take us out of the human world that we live in that is sometimes so chaotic and noisy and restless and demanding so I just want to mention that. Uh, for me, uh, it's because I have a friend that really loves the stars and has sort of uh, tells me often when there's going to be a meteor shower or what's happening now, you know, <laughs> with eclipses and so on. So it's really helped me be more deliberate about stepping out and yeah. looking up. Yeah, we had a meteor shower the other night, in fact, and I went outside with my eldest daughter and we laid on the trampoline and you know, the report was it'll happen 100 to 120 showers a minute. And I, in my brain, I felt like just be, it would be bombarded. <laughs> and then we're laying there, and Misa says, uh, that means like two a minute or one every two minutes or some funny thing she said. <laughs> and then she said, remember, they said patience is necessary in this practice. We just laid out there in the cold. And, 
and we did see some of the beautiful shooting stars. Mm. Fun fact, my daughter's name Misa means a shooting star, a light in the darkness. Oh, and, uh, beautiful. So we were partaking in the stars. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and last night I was out at a friend's, and same thing, the air was crisp and clear out in the country, and you looked up and the lights were so bright when you get away from the city, right? Kathleen, you live out in the nature. You, you know what that might look like on the bluff out there, huh? Yeah, and we want to remind folks that there's going to be a full moon on the 26th. Okay. And so it's a great time when you're looking at the stars and the moon to set your intentions. Oh, yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. For so, who, who, yeah. you, who you wish to be. So, you know, I thank you for reminding us of that um, because, you know, this show is about wellness. And Paul and I were saying, you know, what is the spiritual wellness around this time of year? Like what, you know, all of you have led, you know, groups, intentions. So just, you know, when you want to pipe in about, this time of year tends to, you know, it can be so outward with gifting at Christmas and blah, 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 but also that inwardness of that inner wellness. So if anyone has any chiming in on the spiritual wellness. I would love to speak to that. Um, Many acknowledge this season as a season of the heart. Mm. And um, I see all kinds of opportunities to support the expansion of the heart individually and collectively. Um, I want to speak to the innocence and joy of the children of the world at this Mm -hmm. time of year. Mm -hmm. In many different cultures and traditions, the children Mm -hmm. are just filled with increased wonder. (laughs) They have their normal innocence and joy, but working with two young girls on a day-to-day basis (laughs) just see their enthusiasm and complete innocence every day and i know that children in many locations are feeling this and what what an opportunity for the whole collective to tap into that innocence and joy that is often forgotten in the adult world paul you were speaking about the nutrient of spiritual life. I'm aware of a beautiful author in Hawaii. I forget her name at the moment, but she speaks very eloquently about the need for ritual in human experience, that it's an essential nutrient. This is something that um, is, has lessened and is a source of impoverishment in American life in many locations right now. This time of year holds a whole cycle of rituals that are potential, you know, to nourish people in that cycle of giving and receiving. I was at a a beautiful concert last night at a synagogue on the last night of Hanukkah. Mm. And there's a whole story around Hanukkah, but really the core of it is rededication of the temple not just in Jerusalem, but our own body temples, a time to rededicate and know that miracles happen. That's the whole source of the Hanukkah story, is that the oil in the decimated temple lasted for eight days. And so that, I saw a giant menorah last night being lit on the eighth night of Hanukkah, and in a song that I know about Hanukkah, the, the core lyrics are, Faith in strength to rise again. Mm. 
So that is, you know, to me, that kind of starts the cycle. And then we come to the solstice, the winter solstice, where not only is there light shining in the darkness, but women's spirituality reminds us of the fertile dark. Mm. I think of Misa and who she is and working with the farmers of the Driftless region, you know, having some rest with the fertile dark of the earth itself right now um, for the next seasons to come. But the ancients viewed the solstice as a time when there was a particular union of opposites that is possible. So people often feel strife at this time of year because the opposites do intensify. I'm sure we all notice that in various ways Mm -hmm. in our personal worlds and larger world. But there is a mystical opportunity for a new union of opposites. So um, I'm excited about that every winter solstice and every summer solstice, but we are entering this sacred time of the winter solstice. And then I'll just, I'll just quickly mention a couple of other things. Of course, there's the heart of Christmas in this story with the celebration of the spiritual presence of Christ entering this world and Mother Mary and her place in uh, spiritual nutrition (laughs) over many thousands of years now, and I also would mention Mary Magdalene, I often think of those three as a triune ray, and I I pray with them every day, actually, along with other spiritual masters, like the Buddha and Kuan Yin, the goddess of mercy and compassion, and Lao Tzu at the heart of the Taoist tradition. Um, But I just, you know, I'm just aware of the spiral of life in another way at this time of year. In There's Kwanzaa from December 26th to January 1st. It's a, it's a newer celebration of African-American culture. They have a feast on the sixth day of that celebration called uh, Karamu, and um, it's a communal feast, and there's so much color and amazing food. And then I think of the Chinese New Year, just to bring in the Asian world also, and all the celebration that includes a particular honoring of the Zodiac um, through through that celebration. And then I come to January 6th, the Epiphany, which you've mentioned already, Kathleen, where it's the celebration of of the three wise men coming about three years later after Christ's birth, following the star, but that word epiphany means spiritual manifestation, Mm. and um, I know I always feel it's sort of the bookend, uh, Hanukkah beginning this cycle of ritual, um, where, you know, there's time for awe. Thank you, Diane, so much for mentioning that, especially in relationship to to the, the night sky itself. But that's, you know, whenever there's an opportunity for awe, um, we know that we're connecting with the life source. Mm-hmm. We took a moment of pause there to just be in awe of that information and celebration. Hmm. 
And speaking of awe, <laughs> perfect. The awe of WDRT in our little land here, the the ohm of our area, the tone that WDRT gives, the frequency, the frequency of love, the frequency of light. Thank you, WDRT, for being the light of our valley and sharing your love with the world. Yes, and uh, if you're just joining us today, I want to let you know who we were talking with. We have three lovely people here in the studio with us and uh, afar. We have uh, Kathleen Abel, Diane Banner, and Elizabeth Farrell. And again, uh, they're all just points of light on this spectrum in my world, in our world, and we're grateful to have them here today sharing some uh, tidbits of uh, experience, advice, uh, what spiritual wellness tips, all those great things. Um, thank you, Elizabeth, for sharing the, the, the many words of wisdom that I always love to hear from you. Um, Kathleen, I feel like there's something that you're ready to say over there. I see her bubbliness oh, brewing. Well, <laughs> well, we're talking about um, awe, and that makes me think of joy, and of course the excitement of the children that Betsy mentioned, which is so beautiful. And of course they're anticipating um, uh, the the presents that are under the tree, and I just thought I'd remind people of why the wise men brought what they brought. Can you can you remember what they brought? The three gifts from them. Mm -hmm. I remember, sure, frankincense, I myrrh, and gold. Yes, mm -hmm. and and um, since Paul and gold. Pa since <laughs> Paul and Paul are into holistic. Um, uh, support for for all of us. I thought I'd mention there was a practical reason why they brought what they did. Um, myrrh is actually an anti-inflammatory, and it's also known to help with um, preventing cancer. And um, frankincense, I actually put in my humidifier because uh, it helps with pain relief, arthritis. It's anti-aging. Mm. It helps with sleep. It's a uh, support for your respiratory system, and it relieves stress and anxiety. So you can imagine um, uh, that time was a time when when um, they had this knowledge, but also it was a stressful time for them as well. And then the gold is not just, certainly it could have helped them monetarily, but uh, the deeper meaning of gold is to s support spiritual enlightenment mm -hmm. and transformation, transformation such as supporting purity and wisdom. And wearing gold, you can see how this would help with the, the future ministry. Um, it enhances mental clarity. It kind of would also be why the Egyptians maybe used a lot of gold. Mm. It helps with focus and decision-making. I wasn't aware of that. Look at that. I learned something new today. Did you know that, Paul? They didn't teach that in North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't give you gold. <laughs> no, I mean, of course, I was aware of the story of bringing gifts, and I figured the oils were for healing, you know, and to help, you know, in those days. That was part of the medicinal package, but I didn't, I didn't know that about the gold. Yeah, so we can still use them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I am going to bring in some enlightenment from uh, the, the, the great web, you t another female in the world, Siri. I asked her about. <laughs> <laughs> I asked her about the uh, the spiritual wellness, and she gave me twelve. And I thought they were actually pretty 12 good. Twelve definitions. I, just twelve. Twelve. Uh, uh, um, 
opportunities. Did she tell you that she was an AI? (laughs) (laughs) I asked her one day, um, are you a real person or are you an AI? And she said, I'm an AI. I'm an AI. <laughs> she got an A. There you go. So I'm going to whip these off because I think they're really good. These are practices, opportunity for us. I changed a couple because I didn't like all of her choices. Uh, mindfulness, kindness, grateful, gratefulness, forgiveness, detachment, spiritual community, true, being true to yourself, reflection, nature, music, slash vibration, service, and then attitude, positive attitude. Just that those are all these uh, attributes to to being, having spiritual wellness in your night. I thought that was a good little list. Yeah, that is interesting. She did pretty good. Yeah, and to think how so many of those are deeply wrapped into this time of year. Like, Like when, Elizabeth, you mentioned that, like deeply wrapped into the reflection, the time to go inward, but also to commune with others in prayer and in song, in the music ministry. Um, this time of year is so rich, right? I just, yeah, if any of you have any favorites or, like I said, favorite practices you do at this time of year or... And really, um, it should be year-round. It, but this well, is, a, this is what we amplify that time, right? We're, right. Talk, we're talking, this is how are you spiritually well not just during this season, but mm-hmm. this is the time to reflect on that, the time to reflect the daily miracle, not the miracle once a year, but there's 50,000 new cells a second that we get. That's a miracle that happens all the time, a brand new body every year. Mm-hmm. So that, that process of like, what type of cell am I going to build? Is it gonna be one with more light, one with more, more energy flow by what I eat, what I think? what I do on a daily basis? What is, what is our daily spiritual practices for all these? Being grateful, being kind, being of service, reflect, you know, every, every day, being, being mindful, just, you know, listening some, to some vibrational music, beautiful music that connects to that. All of that is just an opportunity to daily, every moment to moment that we choose to be connected to our source. I really appreciate you saying that, Paul, because I think um, sometimes we think of special days or special periods of time, and there are differences in the seasons, for example, and with the solstice and so on, cosmic differences, you could say, Um, but really it's about all the time, every day. Um, and at the same time, because um, the the uh, daylight hours are shorter now, and uh, and there is this um, the sun sets earlier, and and we might be getting up in the dark. There's a, a special opportunity for um, greater reflection and stillness and taking the time even to slow down <laughs> because I think that this season is often a season of tremendous rushing and urgency and so much to get done. And for me, there's a, I have to let go of a lot of expectations about what I ought to do and where I ought to go and ah, take a deep breath. It feels like that is... I mean, that's always important, 
you know, on a daily basis mm-hmm. and an hourly basis, uh-huh. you know, minute-to-minute basis. But it's especially important this time of year when things get so revved up. And uh, so, um, but I, and I did think of one thing today. I, I was thinking about um, how we can, one, one aspect of wellness is taking the spotlight off of ourselves to others, and you mentioned service, and I think about volunteering, and I was thinking, what can I do right where I am? And I thought about the neighbors that I don't know, and mm-hmm. I've lived in the on the block that I have lived in for about seven years, and there's a lot of people there that I don't know, and I thought, well, I could make, um, you know, I could make banana bread or muffins mm-hmm. or or something. And our cookies, and I could wrap them up with a little note to my neighbors and take them, you know. And so it was like, oh, I was so happy to think of that. And so I want to take the time to do that because I don't have children in the home now. I have more space. I don't have relatives living close. Mm -hmm. So um, just that seems like uh, I have a little bit of space where I can do something like that. So I'm going to do it. Wonderful. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. I would love to share a little experience I had on the way to work the other day. Um, and Diane, you often inspire me with your gift with stillness. I was revved up heading <laughs> to work with little girls from the International Montessori School, <laughs> and I come into a construction on the road. (laughs) Um, These wonderful men and women were trimming the trees because it's like spring here in North Carolina (laughs) from from my home where I'm speaking. And the camellia trees are just starting to bloom, and it still blows my mind every year that there are trees that bloom in December here. Um, And they're just gorgeous um, with fuchsia-colored blossoms. We have three large trees um, around our front yard that bloom. In any case, I was I, I was appreciating the people who were working on the trees, even though it meant I might be late to pick up these little girls. But I, I was, I was feeling the pressure, the holiday pressures. And so I just started breathing deep and chanting while I sort of rested on the open window uh, of my, of the, from the driver's seat. I just opened the window, watched them work and chanted and breathed and I was like this is a really good way to use this time (laughs) (laughs) and um, very helpful in this year and thank you so much Kathleen for your mention of frankincense I just reached for some frankincense that a dear friend brought me from her time living in Egypt she teaches Arabic at the Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland now, but I have almost a lifetime supply of frankincense. <laughs> wow. And I just, I just um, and she brought me this beautiful Egyptian little, um, oh gosh, a, a place to put the frankincense on and light it, and it is, it is so cleansing. And I've been doing some long-distance attunement work with her because she just had hernia surgery on Tuesday. So this is, I love the synchronicity of things. I knew it would be a rich time just connecting with the five of us today. And just thank you so much, Paul and Paula, for continuing the pulse with the heart of wellness. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, the season of the heart is always happening in your 
office and home and in your lives, and it's it's such a gift to all of us. Um, in, in that regard, I want to mention one other thing about the song Silent Night, mm. because for me it articulates the heart of this season when mm. it says in its lyrics, glories stream from heaven afar. And the song, my favorite verse talks about the dawn of redeeming grace. Mm. And that is such a deep prayer in my heart, especially at this time of year, even though it's a daily part of my daily practice to welcome the dawn of redeeming grace, Mm. um, especially into the places in our world that are, are filled with strife at this time. But this song was written in 1818 in a small town in Austria by a young priest, and it was not long after the Napoleonic Wars had taken their toll in that part of the world. And this young priest collaborated with Franz Gruber. His name was Joseph Moore, and he collaborated with Franz Gruber, who wrote the melody at midnight on Christmas Eve. Hmm. in uh, his church in Austria, Obendorf by Salzburg. So this Hmm. town was near Salzburg. And it was, over the years, it's been translated into 300 languages as a beloved hymn of peace for our entire world. So I've been teaching these little girls I work with this song in four languages. They already speak Spanish and English, but I, they are thrilled to be learning the French and the German. Um, the German is what the song was originally written in, Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht, Alles schläft, einsam wacht. Mm-hmm. And then in the, the last part, Sleep in Heavenly Peace, is Schlaf in Himmlische Ruhe. And, you know, just, again... I, to those listening on Christmas Eve, you know, I, that is one of my prayers. May you sleep in heavenly peace. Hmm. Wow, another thing I just learned, Bet- Elizabeth, Betsy, I know you heard Betsy, so Elizabeth, but um, that the history of that song and the beauty of it. And you, and you know, when, at least I know, when I sing it with whomever I'm singing with, you can just feel the depth of it, right? You just feel it like resonating in you and wanting to share that that really beautiful gesture of like you said sleep in heavenly peace whoever you are and you know this time of year is something that is always not as fun to touch on but the level of the light and the dark and the suffering that some people are in because maybe they're not in the best situation and it's holidays and it's all sparkly and bright for some but maybe not for all and to just you know touch on that that Truly, that prayer goes out to everyone, whatever their state may be, and their vibrational place with whomever that might be, right? Yeah, well, that. Uh, thank you for bringing up the, the suffering that is also a part of our daily life, um, Paula, because it, it, that's one of the things that I love most about the, the story of the travel of Mary and Joseph. They, they were forced by um, uh, the Roman Empire, which was very violent and and um, uh, we can see some parallels to, to, to today and forced to do things that were outside of their own ease and comfort and the hardship of trying to find a place to stay after traveling all this long way 
Um, and yet, when when Mary held all of this in her heart so beautifully and surrendered, which is what we can all do, to to realizing that we are we do have this infinite part of ourself that's being guided, that it all it all worked out. It all became a beautiful. What was hard and painful in the moment became a you know a blissful transformed experience that no one could have anticipated. Mm-hmm. And that continues to feed the world. Yeah, right. Wow. So the, the message I take from that is that this time of going inward, the way Diane mentioned, is an opportunity to look at our, our childhood wounds and our soul wounds that all of us have had and as in this story, we can turn those wounds into a blessing of, of power to be a change in leadership the way we want the world to be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw a little wrench into this, or a little light into this little conversation. In Australia, they're in the form of light right now. So, nice. so this is... <laughs> And south, south, uh, uh, the South Pole is is really lit up, you know. So that's it's interesting. We talk about this so localized, mm-hmm. and uh, and so the the celebration and that connection is like, oh, I wonder what they're doing down there. You know, how does how do they it celebrate is, that? Yeah. You know, the time of darkness. We talk about <sighs> that. The time to go in. Well, they're partying it up down there, <laughs> twenty four hours a day. Good point, Paul. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's like, well, then how do you fit that in a way? Uh, uh, that's why you got to get away from Christmas and get more into the, the realm of the celebration of the light within, which never dims, which never disconnects, is, is always the same brightness, is always the same light. Uh, you know, so instead of celebrating an outward process of what's happening around us, it's like, is it time for humans to truly understand the power and the light of each cell in our body. All those, you know, trillions of cells in our body, like that that connection, like, wow, is it time to truly express this wisdom, this source, this light, 365 days a year? You know, it's like, is it, uh, it's just in, and, and, and the whole Santa Claus thing is, is so funny too, because this guy is, is is fully dressed up in his warm suit. Well, what happens when he goes to? What happens when he gets to the equator? Well, Paul, he just throws on his Bermuda shorts when he gets yeah, outside. That's all. I, I just have never seen a picture of him. And the reindeer Bermuda, need to take Bermudas. a little break and get a little extra water to hydrate. That's all. Just of course we. Got, I don't want to spoil it for you. I know, but of course I, we don't focus on that here because we don't. We we don't. We live in this climate. All of us on this yeah. conversation. But just, if we talk to some Australians, that they've probably witnessed Santa. In his Bermudas. <laughs> I yes. wear shorts there. Yeah, right? But really, they, 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 we should have a couple Christmases a year so you could fly back and forth and get two Christmases and just <laughs> whip down there and have a... Flip around the... A summer Christmas. With, yeah, oh, see, there he is. He's Dan, in his shorts. Yeah, see, Dan, Dan just found a picture of Santa in Bermudas on the, on the World Wide Web. It's out there. It's real. It's real. Um, Elizabeth, you mentioned the epiphany and... You know, the idea of spiritual manifestation. You know, so many people also this time of year, what, well, I know what I'm doing. Regroup, start over, new year, 
get back on track, reset the goals, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. restabilize the, you know, it's an interesting thing how we end this calendar year with, you know, what, fanfare, celebration, jubilation, gatherings, you know, kind of a little bit of excess, you know, why does the, I was at a gathering recently and someone had some really hardcore like toffee and they literally jokingly called it Christmas crack, you know, like, like the intensity of the sweets. And we put those out for celebration. So then often this not only physical rebalancing, but even spiritually. I mean, who is, I know I do, I reflect around this time of year to say, okay, what's next year going to hold? What, what part am I going to play in my own process of what I'd like to manifest, you know? Um, those questions I ask myself, right? You want to yeah. say something? Well, Paul has a... No, no, I'm just... Oh. Uh, the, the connection and the goal, what, what was the question? Yeah, I was just, you know, asking all of us, like, what it, you know, what is it like, you know, when, when we want to spiritually manifest something, like in our own selves, you know, this time of year just is ripe for that, setting that stage for that, right? We, well, WDRT um, is definitely manifesting <laughs> gifts at all times, not just on <laughs> gift, uh, uh, the gifting day, but this is a op great opportunity for WDRT to anytime you want to have a little extra money in your in your stocking this year, just throw it WDRT's way. Ninety one point nine, we love you. If you're just joining the show today, um, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, all those lovely events happening, and um, we're talking with three lovely people: Kathleen Abel, Diane Banner, and Elizabeth Farrell, who. As I mentioned at the start of the show, are lovely points of light in our life and uh, bring to the world uh, such spiritual insight. And we just thought they'd be wonderful folks to chat for an hour about this time of year and the power of spiritual wellness and how we can maybe capitalize on it this time of year, right? Mm. Capitalize on mm -hmm. the energies from the cosmos and beyond to mm. help us with our spiritual manifestations. Uh, Paula, you used the word excess. And I think that's um, so much a part of this season, uh, in the, certainly in uh, the Western world, and uh, the importance of simplicity mm. is what comes to my mind as a um, something to balance that excess. I, I think, um, you know, even with moderation, it's probably important sometimes to break through the moderation and have a little excess but not as a <laughs> not as a daily you know uh not as a daily thing or a seasonal thing maybe uh, so uh somehow the simplicity to me is also um we live in a world so full of words and here we are all talking but um i have to be quiet in myself in order to have some sense of clarity about what my next steps are. And if I don't do that, then I can just act um, sort of impulsively. Uh, and sometimes impulsive action can be wonderful, but then there's also just pulling back a little bit in myself so that I can just uh, not know what it is that I need to do and be okay with the uncertainty of not knowing and with the wordlessness, and then allow something to emerge out of that. So, um, you know, I was thinking too, we were talking about, um, I don't know, I, maybe it was you, Bats, 
we're talking about um, the opposites and the balance of opposites at the solstice. Mm -hmm. and, and I think about the image of birth, which is so present at Christmas time, and the fact that all of us come are born out of the opposites, you know, the, uh, from our parents, you know, each one of us. Um, mm. You know, we, we all come and bring these, um, these uh, different elements together and to make something new uh, each time a person's born. And it feels to me like this time of year uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, as you said, Paul, you know, where, where it is dark, it's like that's kind of like the womb or the beginning of something, not just in a physical sense, but it can be also at another level of things. You know, something quiet that just needs to be protected and held sacred until it can come into the light. And, you know, you might not even at first feel anything stirring, but then eventually it starts stirring and moving. And uh, so I was thinking about this time of year, too, and I came across some words that I really do appreciate, um, and it was called a sacred bow. And mm. giving a sacred bow to the old, mm. a year that's passing, and a sacred bow to the new and the new possibilities. And I just, I, I just thought those words uh, evoked a kind of reverence for all it's been and all that will be as we step into the unknown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really appreciate you talking about the joy of simplicity, Diane, and the, I paused there because I wanted to rest after your beautiful words. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it, it make, and then uh, Elizabeth talked about Silent Night, and I've got another mm -hmm. song that, that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things we've lost in the modern world with driving everywhere it used to be um, that the communities would gather in the evening to have their worship service. And uh, I'm thinking of Martin Luther, how he would walk through a dense German forest uh, that was dark and still, and he was alone. And he saw the stars sparkling through the evergreens. And that's, that's how he got the idea of the of a Christmas tree. He thought, wouldn't it be beautiful to bring that into the home? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And so that's kind of a reminder of how we can, when we're still and alone, we can have the most magnificent inspiration of bringing heaven to earth. And I encourage all of us to see what we can do in the next year in, in allowing that. Mm. Mm eternal light and then also the eternal green and there again the earth it's like at the at the uh, equator it's always green there's always light somewhere in the world there's always light in somewhere in, in all of our hearts it's it's there always no matter what you see on the outside your mind might be in a rough spot and you're in your struggling get out of there that light never stops shining it's, it's always there. It's a matter of us connecting with it again, reconnecting, seeing it in, in other people and other people seeing it in us. And at times, it takes that. It takes somebody else to see the light within us in order for us to, 
to realize it again. Again, the, the necessity of social, spiritual wellness also. Not, not unless you're a monk, I suppose. But, they, but, but that process of, uh, you know, maybe, in, maybe it isn't a necessity that you're always with, with the source, even when you are alone. But uh, mm. most of us are social beings, and we do need that, that connection with each other, that, that light connection. Speaking of the connection with each other, I was thinking about how connected we are to with people all over the globe. You know, whether they're uh, whether they're Christian or Muslim or um, Hindu, Buddhist, atheist, Shinto, whatever it is. Um, and I'm aware. If I know for any of us, if we listen to the news at all, we're uh, so aware of. There's so much pain that's going on in the world. Um, uh, Kathleen, you mentioned um, the story of Mary and Jesus um, and the inn, you know, uh, sort of trying to find their place. And I think of the, the thousands and thousands of refugees that are present in the world and homeless people and displaced persons. And I think about uh, displaced from, from war, and conflict, as well as climate difficulties and and uh, and lack of food, so many things. And you know, I think that it's impossible for me not to be aware of um, my privilege and the uh, and the number of people that are uh, in such um, dire circumstances. And sometimes all that I know that I can do, um, you know, I can write my congressman or whatever, but, you know, sometimes you feel like there, you can't, there's so much that you can't control, but you can just be aware and send love. And may, may our presence somehow um, uh, be, be felt by those that need encouragement that may feel alone or may feel, even in our own country, you know, even here, uh, even in our own town, um, but certainly so many people in so many places that, um, you know, are a part of humanity. They're a part of us. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not always easy to reconcile and understand these things, but I would, and I certainly don't, but I would just say that I'm awfully aware of the privilege of what I have. So it behooves me to be grateful mm-hmm. for um, for all that I do have and see how can I, with that privilege, take some responsibility to offer, um, offer my heart, my gifts, whatever they may be. Well, and another way of looking at what we perceive as, as, as challenges, I, I heard someone speak once and they said, why would why would anyone incarnate and choose, let's say, a really serious physical um, handicap? And uh, the angels responded, "Well, do you have any idea how many people stand in heaven wanting that experience? Because when you live, let's say, a su- supposed normal life, full of ease and and." Uh, um, privilege, you may never be noticed, but if you have 
for the soul, for the, the larger soul essence for learning, because we're all here to learn and experience. All eyes are upon you. Let's say my husband had Alzheimer's, and it, I realized the gift in it because when I'd go into restaurants able-bodied, no one noticed me, and there was no lesson there. It was ease and, and simplicity, and, and, and it was wonderful. But when I had to get, get him through a door, let's say, it forced me. There wasn't a, a handicapped button to press most places. Often there wasn't even a ramp. So I'd have to ask strangers. I'd say, would you mind holding the door open for us? They were always happy to do it. <laughs> and uh, sometimes they'd have to help me lift the wheelchair over a curb. And I never would have had the courage to reach out to strangers for help and to be wonderfully surprised by how I never was turned down. I was never made, he was never made to be feel less than. And so the spotlight was on us in this most miraculous way, which allowed all of us to be one. Mm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank mm. you, Kathleen. That's a beautiful um, perspective to see that in that way. Um, there's a little storybook. Um, there's a book, Conversations with God, by Neil Donald Walsh, and he wrote a what I would call a children's book, but really an adult book called The Little Soul and the Sun. And it's a great book. Um, great Christmas gift. No, <laughs> last minute, no. But um, in a nutshell, the story talks about these little angels in heaven and how they're nothing but light. And how could they, you know, one, one little angel was like, what, what is it like to be here? What does it mean to forgive? Like he was asking questions of the divine, you know. What does it mean to forgive? What and he said, I don't understand what that means. And so one other little angel said, well, here's the deal. Let's go down together and be human. And I'll be the dark. I'll be that person who's really not nice to you. So you have an opportunity to experience what it's like to forgive. And the other little angel said, that sounds amazing. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. And the other one said, but please remember, when we're down there being human, in the darkness, or I'm being dark towards you and not nice, Will you please promise me that you remember that I'm really nothing but light? Because I might forget, because I'm going to be so dark and mean, I might forget my own light in that moment. And I'm hoping you can remember my light. Mm. I just think that is the most profound, wonderful book. And I would use that to teach my children about that when someone's mean to them. Or So again, this whole time of year and always year round is remembering our own inner light. Right, and remembering in each other, which can be really hard to do as humans, right? To look at someone and go, oh, I know you're nothing but light in there when you're maybe making a choice that I don't agree with. Mm -hmm. So that's a life lesson, isn't it? Um, yeah, mm -hmm. and Paula, you're pointing to something we can each do, no matter our circumstances of privilege or scarcity. We can vow to remember. Mm. I feel um, I feel a compulsion to just extend an embrace to the Muslim world today mm. in this time. I loved Diane what you were saying about the sacred bow, mm. and the Muslims have so much to share with us about the bowing in that spiritual practice and turning towards Mecca five times a day. Mm. 
because as humans, we forget. We forget to give thanks in all things. We forget to... Um, we forget about the cycle of giving and receiving and the power of that. There's so many things we forget um, in the capacities in which we reside at this time. But we can all engage in a sacred bow. Here, I, I feel that just bowing to one another, that we are gathered in this quintet right now, seeking to offer something on Christmas Eve, and I see us turning as a circle. Paul, you mentioned the circle of love. I see us now turning all, you know, away with our backs towards the center of the circle and bowing, bowing to all those listening and letting the ripple of that reverence and remembering, let that ripple out into our world. This is something we can do all the time, is to remember and let our love keep flowing. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a really beautiful uh, moment. We have about two minutes left in this hour, and I want to thank all of you for joining us um, at this time in this day, in this circle, and this time of year uh, to remember, remember the love. Um, if anyone has one last thought before we wrap up. Yeah, maybe we could each share one last thought. The, the affirmation I encourage everyone if you want it I get it from Pam Gregory if you ever listen to her on on the internet and hers I think it's beautiful I'm welcoming in an expanded consciousness of love mm. thank you Diane <laughs> be still mm. be still and know be still and know that I am. Mm. Beautiful. Elizabeth? And I'll just share a lyric from one of my favorite Christmas carols. Um, it came upon a midnight clear. Mm. In the last verse, it talks about um, the time foretold coming and when with the ever-circling years shall come the time foretold when the whole world sings back the song which now the angels sing mm -hmm. would that be glory is that the song they sing gloria Oh, sure. <laughs> In excelsis deo <laughs> well thank you so much you find wonderful people for sharing this hour with us I so appreciate it and to everyone out there listening, may your day be bright. May you take away from this moment maybe one little tidbit of hope uh, and whatever that may be that you want to hold in your heart for the year to come for us all. So again, happy, happy holidays and blessings to you on this day and always. Thank you for listening to The Heart of Wellness.